The Bible reading today is Luke 8, verse 22 to 25, where Jesus calms the storm. It's on page 1037 of the Red Bibles in front of you. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commanded even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Well, good morning. My, my name's also, uh, also Johnny, and... Um, Listen, if we have a bit of a problem with the sun in this room, so I'm aware some of you might be here for your first time and you're squinting into the sun, feel free to move and find another seat or, or maybe some other people. If you're on the back row, it's probably the worst. So, um, but if, if, if you want to try and find another seat around, we can, I'm sure the hospitality team can help, help do that if the sun gets bad. We don't want to blind you today. Um, that's not very kind, is it? So, what is the biggest storm you've ever been in? I don't want a long story, please, but one or two. Anyone put their hand up who would like to share about the biggest uh, storm that you've ever been in? You were in one of those? Yeah. Oh, wow. And were you, you weren't camping, were you? Uh, kind, kind of camping. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay, right. Okay. Hailstorms, yeah. Any, anyone else? I'm sure some people have come from other countries have probably been in some. Yeah, Nikki, go on. You were telling me about this, weren't you? A cyclone, wow. That's, that's an African storm, right? That's, we don't get those here. Yeah, Richie? A hurricane, wow. Yeah, that's, that's an American storm. We don't get those here. Um, we're, we're not known for our extreme weather. So this, this is, a few years ago, Storm Doris wrecked West Sussex and one... Uh, you know, someone tweeted that one uh, chair fell over in that storm. Um, that, that's, that's how the Brits um, do, do storms. But listen, w- even here we know, don't we, that the natural world is powerful and deserves our respect. Last year, um, as elders in the church, we went to Mount Snowdon. And in what was relatively moderate wind and moderate rain, it was really quite scary. And we didn't make it to the top of the mountain because of even uh, a, a small, by, by world standards, British storm. Things happen in the world around us and they strike fear into us, don't they? Uh, and we realize how, how vulnerable we are. Now today uh, is a story, as Elise and Lana wrote, read to us, of an actual storm on a lake in Luke's Gospel in the Bible. And that's going to help us think about how we navigate the storms of life. Not only the, the cyclones and the hurricanes and, and a windy day on, on Snowden, but the personal storms, the relational storms, the storms in society at large. Now, um, we're, we're all going to learn about this together, and, and we're, we're really pleased to have the kids in. And for the older kids who have got some of the sermon worksheets, if you can uh, bring to me a completed worksheet at the end, you will get some chocolates. So uh, the, the older kids, or, 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 the, or those kids have got some of the... Yours is good as well, Lana. You can use that one. That's fine. Uh, if, if you complete one of those worksheets, bring it to me at the end, and you can have some chocolates to try and help you uh, hang in there. Um, and we're talking 16 and under, okay, adults? You've just got to listen. Um, <laughs> you don't get chocolates for that. And what I've called this sermon this morning is, is finding fear 
in the storm. And you think, what? Finding fear in the storm? No, fear finds me in the storm. I don't need more fear. I, that, 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 I can't avoid it. Well, here's the revolutionary thing that I, I want us to see this morning. That what brings ultimately, ultimate peace into the storms of life is actually discovering a greater fear. It's actually us finding a greater fear that drives out the very natural fears we so often we so often struggle with. You might not be convinced, but hopefully we'll get there by the end. You see, the first thing we need to realize is life can be stormy, can't it? Life can be stormy. Remember, Jesus is, um, is touring around the northern part of Israel. He's teaching people. He's doing miracles. He's training his disciples. And this region is known as the region of Galilee. And the reason for that is because there's this massive lake at the middle of this region, the Lake of Galilee. It's the biggest lake in the country, so it's actually known as the Sea of Galilee. It's so big, it feels like a sea. Uh, and it's like, um, it's, this lake is like a bowl because it's the lowest freshwater weight, uh, lake on earth. It's 200 meters below sea level. Uh, and around it are all of these massive hills. So it's, it's like this, this big bowl. And, and as they set out across the lake, it's a pleasant uh, and peaceful evening. And they're having a pleasant and peaceful sail. There's a gentle breeze. It's a warm, you can imagine a warm Middle Eastern evening. Um, maybe this is a little bit like the picture. Uh, and Jesus, tired from all of his ministry, falls into a deep sleep as the, as the boat kind of rocks to and fro. But before long, this squall comes down on the lake. And literally, it's a windstorm of winds. And this is what happens around Galilee. Is, it's notorious for this, is that the winds whip. Uh, down from the hills and kind of stir up the, the lake into this frenzy. And, and it's like you had a bowl of water and you were kind of shaking it around and all of the water's going everywhere. Uh, and this massive storm erupts. It's kind of a storm of, of biblical proportions, like the perfect storm. Uh, and the boat, we read, is being swamped and it's filling with water. And so you've got these experienced fishermen. They know this lake like the back of their hand. They spent their life uh, on this lake, but they realize they're in great danger and they're fearing for their lives. I guess they try to do everything they know to do to, to steer this boat safely through the storm. They rely on all of their training and all of their experience. They, they use all of their strength, all of their wisdom, all of their courage, but they know they're fighting a losing battle. This is one storm too many for them. And, and so they get so desperate, their last throw of the dice, they can awake Jesus. Master, master, we're going to drown. When Mark records this story. Uh, sorry, when Matthew records this story, they say, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. Now, this is a, a parable for us of how life can feel, isn't it? Life can be stormy. Life can be stormy. Whether it's the personal storms of, of chronic ill health or, or terminal illness or mental health struggles or, or addictive behaviors and just the, making a ruin of our life. Or it could be our relational storms, the, the relationships around us, family breakdown, falling out with your friends at school, or, or maybe bullying in the playgrounds. Maybe a toxic or abusive relationship that, that you're either trapped in at the moment or, or from your past, but you still carry it with you. Whether it's loneliness, whether it's just harsh criticism of others against you. Or it could be storms in, in wider society and the world, you know, there's a war going on in our continent and many wars over the world today. We're facing a cost of living crisis. There's earthquakes that have just happened recently, not so far away. 
most of the time, for most of us here, it's not just one massive thing, but it's several of these things. Maybe each of them we could kind of cope or manage with it in itself, but all together they're just pummeling us like wave after wave after wave, and you're just like, I can't take it anymore. It's brutal. I'm going to go down. I'm going to go under. I'm going to drown. Life can be stormy. As adults, we need to remember it. We know it by experience. We need to remember it. And listen, for you kids, we want you to know that life can be like that. It can be like that. Don't be caught by surprise when it is. If if we expect life to be plain sailing, then we're in for a shock. Now, it's not the way life should be. It's not the way that life one day will be. And so it's not actually wrong to have a certain amount of of fear and concern about these things. But we mustn't stop there. And here's the, here's the second big thing that we, uh, that we need to see. It's that Jesus rules over the storms of life. Now, now the contrast here couldn't be more stark. We've got this middle uh, of, of, the, of this perfect storm. And what is Jesus doing? He's having this quiet and peaceful nap. Everyone else is losing their head, and he's there kind of snoring in the back of the boat. And listen, it's not that Jesus is caught off guard by the storm. It's not that he's surprised by it. He, he initiated this trip across the lake. He wanted to get to the other side with his friends. He's got some ministry he wants to do there. But also, he initiated this trip because he wants to teach his disciples and his friends who he loves very much. He wants to teach them something on the way. He wants to teach them something that's absolutely vital for them to learn about life with him. And Jesus went off to sleep on purpose, not only because he was tired, but he knew what was coming and he wanted them and us to learn to trust him and to find faith through fear. But they haven't learned this yet. And so, so they're desperate and they're annoyed of him. And, and when they come to him, Mark says to us, they say, Jesus, don't you care about us? Don't you care what's happening? Jesus, are you sleeping on the job? Have you got me? Are you concerned what what I'm going through here? Are you concerned that I'm going to sink in this? Are you ever worried that God's sleeping on the job? Are you ever worried that God's not bothered about what's going on in your life? Do you ever ask, God, are you even with me in this? Well, listen, he does care, he is bothered, and he is with us. In this story, Jesus gets up, he raises his voice, he rebukes the wind and the raging raging waters. At which point, it's worth us just pressing pause and saying, what would we expect to happen? I I remember when when Elise was three, she used to get annoyed by the wind. She used to say, wind, stop. Winds stop. I just want it to be a, a quiet and peaceful day. And, and what do you think happened when Elise said wind stop? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it didn't stop, no. It didn't stop. Because ordinarily, massive weather systems don't listen to people, do they? But Jesus is different. And when he speaks, and when he says wind stop, all of a sudden it's calm. All of a sudden, the storm subsides. You see, he has authority and he has great power, even over weather systems, even over water molecules. So they listen to his words. 
This is the one who spoke the seas into existence. This is the one who spoke the stars into the universe. This is the one who spoke the ozone layer and the Earth's atmosphere into its perfect life-cultivating balance. He's the one who even now holds every single atom, every single cell in your body together. He's the one whose God word assures us holds everything everywhere, all at once together by his will and by his powerful words. This is Jesus. And he's one who's promised to bring this world that's full of storms and full of turmoil into perfect peace in the end. And so in this story here, he brings a forward some of that peace and some of that stillness into the here and the now. He says to the wind and the waters, calm down, stay in your lane, and they listen. And they do as he says. And his disciples, the people in the boat with him, well, they're kept safe in his care. Now, what are they learning here? What, what are we to learn by this story? Well, it's that Jesus rules over all things. And that includes the storms of life that so threaten and overwhelm us. And, and he rules over all things and we are safe with him. You see, even while Jesus was sleeping in the boat, the incredible mystery is that he is God watching over them and keeping them safe in his hands. They saw their friends sleeping and not caring in a moment of crisis. But the reality is that even whilst that was happening, the eternal son of God had them in his grip all along. And what they experienced in very real and very physical ways in this, in this squall on this uh, lake in, in, on the Sea of Galilee, we experience in our own way in the storms of life, uh, of our lives, whatever they are. There's was this brilliant poem in the Bible, and Johnny read from it at the beginning, Psalm 46. And it's a poem that, is, that recognizes life can be stormy. The earth gives way, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. The storms of life where it feels like everything around us is falling apart and everything within us is falling apart. It recognizes that's what life is like. But also the, the poet uh, had discovered a place of peace and calm and stillness amidst the surging and the quaking of life on earth. The poet writes, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at, a, at the break of day. You see, God dwells in perfect peace. God, uh, and where he lives, is, is, is this place of still waters and, and firm foundations that don't quake. Jesus sleeps because the storms of, of life and the storms of this world do not threaten him. They do not threaten his good control of all things. He is not overwhelmed by them. He is not threatened by being taken under by them. No, Jesus sleeps because he continues to rule. And that means, that means he can be with us as we're thrown about by the storms of life. As we feel like we might go under, he can hold us and he can sustain us in his love that nothing can ever separate us from, that nothing can defeat, that nothing can overcome. And so that's why this, this poet goes on to say how they find strength and resolve. God is our refuge. God is our strength. An ever-present help in trouble. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Be still and know that I am God. 
It is in knowing the one who sleeps through a storm and then awakes to demonstrate his power over it that we can find refuge, that we can find strength, that we find our ever-present help in trouble, that we find our stillness and our peace, that we know that all is and all will be well for us because Jesus is with us, because Jesus is for us, and because Jesus rules over the storms of life. This all-powerful God who is with us can relate to what we're facing because Jesus, as a, as a human being, has himself faced and experienced things just like us. And yet he is the one who, who rules over the storms of life. And so here's the final and really important thing that we, we need to see is that we find faith through a greater fear. See, Jesus speaks the second time. He's just spoken to the, to the wind and the waves. Now he speaks to his friends. And what does he say to them? Where is your faith? Where is your faith, friends? Listen, this is both a loving rebuke and a gracious invitation. The, the storm that they'd got caught up in had caused them to take their eyes off Jesus and forget his never failing care for them and his good rule overall. And they, they kind of fixed their eyes on the storm around them. And, and that happens to us too, doesn't it? We know that by experience. But have we not seen and do we not know and have we not experienced his love and his care? Have we not experienced his goodness and his sustaining grace time and again? And yet in the fresh storm, in the storm that we're in today or this week, so often all of that goes out the window. And I just get consumed by the things going on within and, and around me. We should pray that in the midst of the storms of this week that are coming, the Spirit would help us to fix our eyes on Jesus and so find peace and hope. There's this command that's repeated over and over and over in the Bible. And it's this, do not fear. Some people claim that it's, it's repeated 365 times. That's one time for each day of the year. And whether that's exactly right, it's so often there that, the, that it's crystal clear. God does not want us to fear. But pretty much every single time God commands us, do not fear, it doesn't come alone, but it comes with a promise from God. And the promise is this, for I am with you, or something very similar. There's a promise and a reassurance of God's presence with us. Do not fear, for I am with you, even in the storms, even in the darkest valleys. We do not fear, for we have the promise of his presence, this God who rules over all, who is above all, and who is with us and holds us and helps us. Perhaps most famously, in, in, in we sang it earlier, Psalm 23, the song, The Lord is My Shepherd. And in verse 4, the promise is there. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I do not fear, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Listen, you don't have a choice. You will walk through many storms and many dark valleys in this life. That will happen. However young, however old we are. But you do have a choice. Where will you place your faith as you walk through those troubles and those hardships? Where will you turn 
for your refuge, for your strength, for your help. Listen, we can let these things draw us nearer to and closer to Jesus and more dearly rely on and seek him in them and more deeply into him. Or we can let them drive us away from him. And it's a tragedy when we see them drive people away from him. And it's a beautiful and a wonderful thing when we're drawn more closely into him. You know, that storm on the lake would have looked very different for the disciples if Jesus was not in the boat with them. Let me encourage you not to throw Jesus overboard in the storms of your life. Don't throw him overboard in the storms of your life. There's, there's this old preacher from uh, Victorian England. He looks like an absolute legend, doesn't he? And He really is. He's called Charles Spurgeon. And he said this, I have learned... I know that it's something that he's had to learn, I think, over many years. He said this when he was an older man. I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. A wave in itself is hard. Storms are difficult. Not denying that here today. But if it causes me to cling more, more nearly and more dearly to Christ, even as he holds me safe in the palm of his hands, and it has been a grace in my life, and there's a sense in which I can be thankful to God for it. It throws me back to Jesus. It throws me deeper into him. Him who will not let me go. So I just want to, want to close by seeing how you get this kind of faith that holds us fast through the storms. See, the way you get that kind of faith is by finding a greater fear of and a greater fear in Jesus. Now, when we talk about fear here in relation to Jesus, it's not being scared like the disciples were scared of the storm, but this fear is a respect and an awe and an amazement that kind of gives us ballast, which is something that, that keeps a boat safe in, in the storms. Some people claim that this miracle uh, of, of, of calming the storm isn't really a miracle that Jesus calmed the storm, but it's more that he had the miracle of calming the disciples in, in, in the middle of the storm. But that's just not true because he didn't calm them at all. He freaked them out. He, he, he struck a greater fear and, 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 and a truer fear and deeper fear into them. They're more terrified at the end than they were in the midst of the storm. They go from this panic and this fear and being scared from their lives to this greater fear of Jesus. Who is this man? What authority and power does he have? How is he in the control of all things? And yet he's our mate and he's with us and he's for us. And so in fear and their amazement, they ask one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Listen, this story is not a promise um, that Jesus is going to remove all the storms from your life. It's not even a promise that every storm in your life will have an immediately happy ending. It's, it's quite nice here, isn't it? They kind of come through the storm and it's all, it's all happy and, and you know they sail on to their destination. But, but there's no promise of that here. It's a promise instead that Jesus rules over all of the storms and ultimately he will keep us safe in and through them. That will happen ultimately in the end. You see, Jesus would go on to go through the biggest and the worst storm that there ever has been in history for his people. The worst storm in all of human history, personally, relationally, in a worldwide and historical scale, 
as he experienced God's right and good anger and hatred for all evil and sin as he died on the cross. That's the most epic storm ever. And he went through that storm for his people. So how will he not stay with us and keep us safe through all the lesser storms in life that we might be facing today? If he went through that for you, how will he not keep you safe from what you're facing today? What could separate us from that kind of love? What could cause him to let go of us, having done that for us? The answer is absolutely nothing. And so the question for us today, and this is, this is where we finish, will you stand amazed? Will you stand in astonishment and wonder? Will you stand in great fear at this Jesus? This one who is with you in the storms of life. This one who is faithful to bring you through them. This one who died for you. Whose grace and power is for you. Now if we find that kind of fear in Jesus, in the storms of life, well that's what leads us to the faith that holds us firm. That's what gives us the peace that passes understanding. And that's what gives us a deep reassurance and a calm as we trust in him and we have his hope in our hearts. Let's, let's pray that we'd each experience that today. Jesus, thank you for this, this incredible and amazing uh, event that happened with your friends on this lake. Thank you. There's not just an event that happened, but it teaches and shows us so much about you and about us. Thank you that, Lord, some of us are facing some great and difficult storms today, but you are with us that you rule over these things, that you are powerful and good in them. Would we find a fear and respect and a love and an awe of you that keeps us and holds us safe and fast in them from the youngest child to the oldest adult and help all of the storms of life to draw us more dearly and nearly to you rather than drive us away, we pray. And we ask it for our good and for your glory. Amen.